Blog Talk Radio. There we go. Welcome to a special edition of the Indie Cafe. Today we have Vera Ramon King, and it's the Red Velvet Media Network. This is Holly Steffi, and um, I have my co-host Spencer Drake from New York, as well as Vera Ramon King with us. And we're going to be talking today about her book, Poison Heart, I Married Dee Dee Ramon During the Ramon Years. And um, this is a really, really cool show because there's a lot of really um, – Interesting and really touching information we're going to be touching on with Vera and her time with Dee Dee and being around the Ramones iconic um, music scene through the 70s and the 80s and still today. Um, so let me bring Vera in and also Spencer. And uh, that again was the song I Want You Around. And there's a really interesting story behind that that we're going to touch on before we get into anything 
And this, um, if you'd like to call in, let me let you know. Uh, the studio number is 347-677-1036, and we do have a chat room that is open if you'd like to go into the chat room. There is quite a few people in there, so I want to say thank you for tuning in. And if you want to listen to the show in its entirety afterwards, it will be available on iTunes under um, Red Velvet Media, and it'll be under the Indie Cafe, it's a special edition. So with that, I want to welcome Spencer and Vera to the show. Hey, hey Holly. Hi, Holly. Hi, Spencer. <laughs> Hi, Vera. And Vera. Hi, Holly. <laughs> Hi, hey, hey. And Vera happens to be in the uh, twilight zone. Actually, I want to call it because you're in the you're in the you were in the hurricane zone yesterday. So uh, actually, we've we had a lot say... of rain down here since Sunday, so it's just starting to get really sunny out. I'm I'm glad we didn't get it this this time around, but it you know I know it's pretty bad. I'm I'm so grateful you're you're safe and uh, had to call you this morning to make sure you were okay because I didn't know it was going to happen. But you know, I wanted to um, start it off real quick, Spence, by just saying that song we opened up with. I want you around. There's an interesting story behind that song, and I'd love for you to tell that uh, because I know that was one of the first songs that BB wrote for you, and I told you about some of the comments I read, under, I read underneath the uh, video, and uh-huh. we talked about baths and showers, so maybe you want to touch on that, but let's talk about that a little bit, so um, we can, uh, you know, sure. talk about how you met Didi, and then get right into your book, Poison Heart, I Married Didi Ramon, during the Ramon year, and um, Spence Strait is also here with me, so uh, you're a Let's hear about I Want You Around a little bit because I know that's well, a really I Want You Around was a song that um, Alan Arkish, the director of Rock and Roll High School, he came mm-hmm. backstage at Haraz, I think it was uh, July, after a Ramones mm-hmm. show, and he asked, asked the Ramones to be in the movie Rock and Roll High School. And he needed a couple of songs to be put into the movie. So, um, Joey wrote uh, Rock and Roll High School, and Dee Dee wrote I Want You Around, and then he also wrote Rock and Roll Radio. And we weren't even married then yet. We were getting married in a couple months, but he came up with I Want You Around, and that was like the first song he ever wrote for me, and it was really touching, kind of special. Um, So when I see it, you know, or hear it, you know, on the radio, it's just really, it brings back a lot of memories. I bet. I remember it was very exciting when we saw it, saw the movie and and the song in the movie, and it was just a lot. Of, it was a lot of fun. Mm. Yeah, there was some fun trivia to um, that uh, video too that I read when I read the comment I mentioned to you last night when I called you. I said someone said, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah, I wonder how they got Dee Dee in the shower. He likes to take showers all the time." He said, "No, he, uh-huh. take, he took baths all the time." Yeah, there was a misconception about that. It wasn't that he took a lot of showers. He took baths. Mm-hmm. He took like yep. five or six baths a day because he needed to calm his nerves. I mean, he would take a mm-hmm. bath when he'd get up. He'd take a bath uh, before lunch. He took a bath when we came out from, from going out for breakfast or lunch or something. He'd take a bath before he went to an AA meeting. Or before wow. a show, before a sound check, after after he came home from rehearsal, he was always taking wow. a bath, and that was to calm his nerves. It was like yep. instead of taking 
pills or drugs. He he would just go in there and take a bath, and he had this little pail, and he would splash oh. it over his head. And he liked bubble no baths, and there was water all over the place. Every time he'd get out, and tons of towels. So we used a laundry service. I mean, it, it got out of hand. I, I, I couldn't do all those towels every day. It would be impossible. So I would just drop a load off every every other day at the at the laundry service, and um, he could he could take his baths to his heart's content. You know, I was just glad he wasn't taking drugs. The baths were the least of my problems with him. I <laughs> yeah. know. I bet I had to tell you that I told I told Spencer a little bit about that and I told him I said we have to we have to segue into that and talk about that because I thought that was so cute. But it that is. song is so it, it's such a great song and I mean that must have just really like you said every time you hear it it just brings you yeah. back. But you know it was very like, it was very sweet it was very sweet it was a sweet gesture on his part and. um yeah, he wrote a lot of other songs for me too, but that was later on during the years. So, um, mm-hmm. but that was the first one, so it was kind of special. And then at the end, he wrote "Baby Doll" for me, which was really, really a tearjerker. That was yeah. Dee had so many different sides to his writing. I mean, he could write "Give Me Shock Treatment" and "Lobotomy" and mm. and psychotherapy, and then he could write songs like like "Baby Doll" or "I Want You Around," and it was just, you know. So many. He he was very talented writer and lyricist. I want to I want to mm-hmm. I want to come in on that because you know a lot of people don't realize that Dee Dee was a great writer. You know, and that's what made him one of the parts of that group, right? I mean, but a lot of people sure. don't realize that he was such a great writer, which you emphasized. He could write a song uh, probably in a half hour if if he put wow. his mind to it, Jeez. and he would because. Um, yeah. After he stopped, when he started going to the program and you know, he he had a shrink, he went to see twice a week, the, uh, his doctor would encourage him to write down all his feelings and his thoughts. So really, a lot, a lot of that, a lot of the songwriting came from the journals that he kept. Wow. Everything, all That's his feelings that he wrote right. down on paper, mm-hmm. um he would go over it, and then he would he would write a song about it. However, he was feeling about a certain certain thing that happened, or uh, a confrontation with someone, or something he would see on the news. It became a song for him. Right. And mm-hmm. he was just effortless when it came to uh, putting his thoughts on paper. And he wrote and wrote and wrote, and it was kind of like therapy. So songwriting mm-hmm. became became like therapy for him. Wow. You know? Sure. Yeah. How, how I'm did sure, you meet yeah. Didi? Uh, Vera, how, yeah. Did you meet Didi? how did you meet Didi? I met him in um, a place called Max's Kansas City in New York. Yay! And it was like a Sunday mm-hmm. night. Um, you know, it was a very <laughs> hip place. A lot of people would frequent there. So it was on a Sunday night, which was kind of offbeat. We were, uh, I was up at the um, upstairs part by the bar, and I went with my sister and my girlfriend and he just happened to walk in after I had ordered a drink. Mm. And he stood next to me, and there was a big mirror, like, facing us. So mm. I could tell that he was, like, checking me out, checking me <laughs> out. But And I knew who he was, but I didn't I didn't want him to, like, you know, think I was some kind of groupie or something. So I, I kind of, like, you know, was, you know, kept my distance. 
And then he turned around and he ordered a drink, and it just happened to be the same thing I was drinking. It was a cold winter night, and I ordered a blackberry brandy on the rocks, which I never really drink, but it was I needed I needed to get the chill out of me. He came yeah. in and, and he didn't know what I was drinking. He ordered the same thing, which I thought was kind of weird. <laughs> so then he, wow. he turned around after about 15 minutes, um, and he said to me, "I'm Didi Ramon." Hi, I'm Dee Dee. And I kept saying, Well, hi, you know. And like it was he was thinking, Well, does that resonate does that ring a bell, you know? And I'm I didn't really like want to go there and, and seem anxious because mm-hmm. I know that everybody knew who he was. So then we started talking after a little while and um we hung out for the rest of the night and then he asked me for my number and he said he'd call me. Oh, you know what? I figured, well, if he calls, it'll be great. And if he doesn't, well, what am I going to do? So um, the next day he actually did call, and he was in a phone booth somewhere. In uh, in those days they had phone booths. There were no cell phones, obviously. Mm-hmm. So he called me from a phone booth, and mid-conversation, I hear I hear that I hear him being dragged and beaten out of the. He was getting dragged out of the phone booth and what? beaten up, and a girl was beating up on him. Oh my because god! Because he was living at this girl Patty's house uh, at the time in between tours, <laughs> and she knew that he was calling another girl, so oh she caught god. him in the act, and and she was dragging him out literally by <laughs> the phone. And I hear him saying, "I'll call you, I'll call you," you know. <laughs> And I said, okay. He goes, but he said, I'm going to London tomorrow, and so I'll call you when I, you know, I'll call you from there. And that I didn't know if I'd hear from him again, but you know, that was one day. And then, like a week later, uh, I get a phone. I I come home from work, and my mom had said to me, she said, some some Didi called you from England, and I said, <laughs> are you kidding? Really? You know? Uh, I said, is he going to call back? She said he was going to call back. So I, you know, I waited patiently by the phone for, you know, about a day, and he did call wow. me back. So That's we made plans to uh-huh. meet when he got back to town, and that was actually when they had that big show at the, at the Roundhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, famous and show. Everybody, everybody, and every, anybody was there. I mean, Johnny yeah. Rotten, Sid Vicious, um, wow. Chrissy Hind, Susie Sue. Well, everybody, the Joe Strummer, they all came to see him. And after after that show, they all said, well, you know what? We're going to start a band, too. We're going to start a band. So what the Ramones did, actually, they they went there and they started a movement. They the didn't ca- get they were played the in the state, yeah. but they went all the way mm-hmm. over there and they, they made it. And they started a movement. And that that's how all those bands came about. Because they said without the Ramones, all these people said, they never would have been in a band. Even Bono came to a show in Ireland. I remember well, he was like 17. He came to the show in Dublin mm. um, with The Edge, and they came backstage afterwards, and they, 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 they thought the Ramones were the best thing since uh, baked bread, you know? Mm. And they said, we're going to start a band. And soon enough, U2 came out, and mm. they became huge, really huge. Right. Everybody was becoming huge with them. Yeah, yep. that's amazing. That's so cool. You know, I nine one seven. Would that be Monty calling in? Could uh, be. I don't know. It could I mean, be. Keith. No, no, no. Do you mind if I, um, Keith Green. I think. I think. Can Keith. I, Keith Green. Can I bring Keith oh, on? Can I, I think nine one seven is Keith. 
I'll bring Keith on real quick. Okay. Hold on a second. There's a little lag. Sure. Hey, 917, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, this is Keith. Is this Holly? Hey. Keith, it's Holly and Vera Hi. and Spencer. Hi, Hi Spencer. Show. And hello, Vera. Hi, Hi. Keith. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, for, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, yeah, why don't you introduce yourself, Keith, and tell everyone um, what part you played in this wonderful journey. <laughs> well, I'm a photographer, <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. I do portraits. And most people probably recognize uh, the D.D. Ramon at the Chelsea Hotel as, as my uh, definitive body of work, I guess. So, oh, uh, nice. Yeah, and, uh, it well, you know, it started out, it's just like a bump. I was living in the East Village, and uh, I was coming in with one of my musician friends, and he pointed at the bar. I think it was a pyramid bar, and he says, "Look who's sitting over there." And I look. I took one look, and he <laughs> and, and and he knew that I was going to make a beeline over to, to Didi, which I did. Uh-huh. And you know, Didi had just recently uh, moved into the Chelsea Hotel because he'd been in London, you know, detoxing or trying to. So he came to uh, New York. And he was going to do it cold turkey. And he was living, living oh, at the wow. Chelsea. So I said, listen, man, <laughs> why don't you let me come over there and photograph you? Well, yeah, okay, but when you call, you got to ask for <laughs> Douglas Colvin. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I, change, like I change rooms a lot, that's you know, man. man. So. And that's, you know, that's kind of how it started. And now, and, and uh, Vera... Vera, at that point, you know, Vera had been sort of an enigma to me because I'd heard her name. You know, if I'm correct, Vera, did they sort of just uh, encourage you to, to not uh, publicize your marriage during that time? Is that correct? No. Actually, what it was, Keith, um, I had filed for divorce, as you know. Yeah. Uh, you were in the room when he got served with the papers at the Chelsea. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, no way. It, wow. It was. It was wow. my attorney at, at my request that um, he not talk about the marriage or our relationship. So when he went to write the book, he wanted me to, you know, to write it with him, and I didn't want to. It was, I, I didn't want to have anything to do with it. I just didn't. I wanted to keep my life private and to move forward and to heal. Right. Yeah. So, that, so that segues into, uh, like, after Dee Dee wrote the book, it was actually I had just walked into the uh, room, uh, to his room in the Chelsea, ah. right, uh, right after. I don't know if it was a phone call or it was mail, but he was, you know, he. I'd seen him throw a couple of tantrums, but he had a a large punching bag that he hung on the ceiling. And, you know, it's <laughs> oh, like the one of professional, yeah, professional punching yeah. bag. Yeah. Oh yeah, so, he had one at the house too, and it was a different one. So. Yeah. So so when uh, he he was cursing and like you know. Because he could, he had to rewrite the book. You know, he'd already written uh, a good part of the manuscript for, you know, it was Poison Heart and then later Lobotomy. But, uh, you know, Didi had to rewrite it. You know, he, he's no J.D. Salinger, but, you know, he's a guy, you know, playing a <laughs> band that, you know, just wrote about it. So he had to rework because he couldn't use Vera's name. And, you know, so I would read online all of these, these critiques about the book Lobotomy and they were like, you know, it's got a lot of holes in it. Where's Vera? Vera you know, Vera, Vera, Vera. So I just said, look, I, you know, I was reading this blog in France, and uh, 
and they were asking all these, you know, very intelligent questions. And I said, look, this, what it uh, boils down to is that Vera uh, requested uh, through legal means <laughs> that he not <laughs> use her name. So, uh, and so Didi beat the crap out of that punching bag. I mean, uh, I, I kind of felt sorry for the bag, actually. You know, <laughs> you know. Like I had a friend. I, I had some. I had a friend serve him the papers at the Chelsea, and when yeah. Didi opened the door, he thought that he was signing an autograph. He didn't realize he was signing for the for the divorce oh papers. Yeah. So when when he closed the door, he realized what he had signed, and he started freaking out. Yeah, that's yeah. And Keith was there to see it, to witness it. That's an yeah. amazing story. And amazing so story. Uh, that is it's, funny. I and mean, so I not had, funny, had, like funny, funny, but sad, yeah. funny, you know? I mean, yeah. Uh, I couldn't find anyone else seen. to serve him. Nobody would serve him papers. They were scared. <laughs> well, he moved a lot around. They were he had, he changed up. rooms. <laughs> well, they, 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 they knew he had a temper, you know, so they didn't, nobody want, I couldn't find anybody to serve him. Wow. Mm-hmm. Is, is that why he was changing rooms? I think that well, that's what Keith was saying. That's why is that why he changed well, rooms all the time? Well, that's probably one of afraid? the reasons. I mean, he no, he had a lot of a lot of people would just come up and knock on his door, you know, just want to party with him. You know, people would be waiting oh, wow. for him in the lobby. So yeah. uh, mm-hmm. he would, you know, he would just switch rooms. Wow. And uh, wow, I, I got I still have a phone message that he left where he was, uh, yeah, I'm in room six twenty six. So every so uh, so anyway uh, to pick up on on the story, I had only seen one photograph of Vera, and I think it was that iconic photograph that Bob Gruen took of uh, Vera Didi, David Bowie, uh, Linda Stein, and Joey at the at Max Kansas. No, it was the Mud Club, Keith. It was the Mud Club, okay. It was the Mud Club, yeah. Mm-hmm. With David oh, Bowie, nice. and so when I heard from you, Vera, sometime around 2007, you know, because you had read that blog and you'd read my response, and you were like, you know, yeah. and then you explained it more, and so you said you were writing a book, and then yes. so uh, yeah, and then after a couple of uh, phone conversations, I immediately booked a, a flight to Florida because I, mm-hmm. I got to photograph this woman, you wow. know, and uh, because she's like sort of a mystery. Mm. Right. And, and it just sort of worked out, you know, because she was writing the, the book at the time. She had the manuscript, which was kind of deja vu because that, during that time I was photographing Dee Dee, he was writing his manuscript. He just <laughs> So it was like uh... the same sort of, yeah, it was like deja vu, same situation. Wow. You know, it wasn't planned. It just happened like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, um, so Vera's, Vera's photographs are just like magical. I want, you know, they were first published in your book. Uh, yes, poison I heart, yes. and uh, and somewhere else too. I can't remember, but uh, I'm I'm very happy for a lot of people to see it because you know, you you know you've got rock and roll in your DNA, and you're still gorgeous, a drop dead gorgeous. Oh, uh, you're okay. The shows in the photographs. Well, look at the photo. Look yeah, at the photograph. Yeah, you photographing. You're beautiful. So there you oh. go. You know, you just yeah. amazing. You know, you know, uh, Keith. I want to bring up. I want Holly. want to bring up some of the book. By the way, that Keith is also. There's something about. You know what I really like about one of the things. There's many things about the book I really like, uh, but the pictures. There's a lot of pictures in this book, Vera, which mm-hmm. I really love. I mean, these are like mm-hmm. pictures. It's not an ordinary book like you get with a couple of 
pages of pictures, you know. No. These are nice pictures, and there's a lot of them, by the way. So if people Mm -hmm. want to know, there's a lot of great pictures in this book that are never been seen, right? Never been seen in your life. A lot of those pictures were personal pictures also. So I had, of course, I had Keith in there. His work is is just phenomenal. And as soon as I saw the pictures he took, I was like, wow, I have to put some of these in the book, you know. Yep. And yeah, um, they are very nice then I put in. A, I went through a lot of my pictures, and I had more pictures for the book, but I could only. I had. I had to eliminate quite a few of them too, because I was only allowed X amount. Right. And right. That. That's how that happened. So I still have a lot more pictures. Yeah, a lot of those I've. I like the wedding. Either. I like your wedding picture. Believe it or not, Vera, that's such a cute picture of the two of you. The one that I that I've seen that circulates quite a lot. The two yeah, of you together. I've, it's not one of my favorites, but it's okay. There's a lot of love there in that picture. No, it's there so it is, really and we we picture. did have a great day. It was it was really really a great great day. It and then Why the very talk next about morning, we got married on Let's a Saturday. The next morning at nine o'clock, he was leaving for Helsinki, and I didn't see him for two weeks till I met him in in London two weeks later, and then we toured with the Ramones for three months of of wow. um, England, Scotland. Ireland and um, Wales, I think, and uh, wow. that's where we spent our honeymoon. We we really never had an official honeymoon, but that was kind of it. And it was that's where it was in England that the the press first started calling me Vera Ramon. I never called myself that. They just started mm-hmm. to refer to me as Vera Ramon. Mm. Wow. So that's mm. really where that came from. It wasn't like I went and, and, and decided one day I was going to be calling myself Vera Ramon. That's <laughs> where it started. And then I was thanked on the back of a few of the Ramones albums, you know, thanks, special thanks to Vera Ramon. Mm. And then Rock Wives came out in 86, and I was one of the women picked out. I was very fortunate to be in the company of of Jimi Hendrix's wife and Jim Morrison's wow. wife and Smokey yeah, Robinson's out. wife, Brian mm. Wilson's wife. I was one of the rock wives. And that was like, I was like, wow, are you kidding? Like Gary's office called one day, you know, the the manager, and he said, you know, they want you for rock wives. I said, really? <laughs> and um, that's then they used my name for that, and then I was like officially Vera Ramon. Hmm. Uh-huh. I remember so seeing the Wild Wives uh, photos. And you were also Dee Dee's punk rock princess, too. <laughs> I was his princess, and he did treat me like a princess. He really did. He, when he was, and when he was like, you know, really super, he was super cool to me, and we had a great relationship. But he, you know, he did, he was bipolar and um, did have an addiction. So uh, that was some of the challenges that we faced. In our relationship, it it wasn't that when we broke up that we didn't love each other anymore. It was just that no. there were uh, t- the, some of the obstacles that we had to overcome were bigger than mm. than we could handle. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me get into something that I'm in the book, which uh, Judith and I are very pleased about: the uh, "Standing in the Spotlight" album cover, which you worked on, and Bob Gruen and I worked on. Uh, a fantastically beautiful cover. By the way, it, for everybody out there, it's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame permanent collection. And uh, I was pleased to see the cover in the book. And 
That's a, it's a great cover. You had you styled Dee Dee, right, uh, Vera? Did you? Yes, style I did. I, I I cut his hair. I picked yeah. out his clothes. Um, <laughs> I pretty much like you know I had an idea for the album cover, right. and we picked out a whole bunch of outfits. We went down to Bob Gruen's studio, and yeah. he took he took different photographs with different of you know different clothes and different you know different poses. Um, and then we brought it to you. Yeah, and and the thing is about it, you had this idea for pink, which ter- turns out to be the incredible co- color that really pops out on this album and makes the black. And I decided, well, it's black and white photographs, so this is really going to look good. I and wanted for- black and white photographs. I yeah. wanted mm, pink, great. hot pink. Right. <laughs> and you nice. delivered, Spence. You were the man. Oh, well, both all of us. It was really a combo job. You and Judith. Yes, of course. But you know what? The cover is dyna- It's iconic right now. It is really, uh, and they had a DD. Well, Holly and I had someone who did the curating of a DD uh, showdown at the Chelsea Hotel Gallery. And remember that, Holly? Mm-hmm. And he had yes. the cover there. And, and yep. the, <laughs> someone walked up to me, Vera, and said, it was really funny. They said to me, you know, Spence, even if you don't like the album, the cover is worth buying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, the, the album got mixed reviews. You know, it was it did, not yeah. for everybody. But Diddy was going through his rap phase, yeah. but yeah. he still had that quirky sense of humor, and and you could tell by the lyrics and the songs that it was, you know, like just like just like Ramon's humor, Cretans and lobotomies, and and he had that little. It was the the quirkiness of of the sense of humor of the Ramones that was applied and 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 integrated into the rap kind of thing. It was a rap and roll album. It was never meant to be a serious rap album. Did he have, so, yeah, yeah, oh, okay. That, I wanted to find album. out the, motiv- the motivation of him doing that album. What was the motivation for him to do that album? He was watching a lot of MTV and, and you know, seeing DMC and all those groups that were out at the time, and they were huge, and he just loved rap, and he decided he wanted to be a rapper. And he, yeah. and I remember the first oh, time he went funny. to rehearsal. He went to rehearsal with his with his Dee Dee King jacket on, and his chains, <laughs> his rap chains around his neck. And Johnny <laughs> took one look at him, and he was like disgusted. They told him he couldn't use the name Ramon. They didn't want to be embarrassed <laughs> oh, by, by, by Dee Dee with this, this alternative a... ego that he had at that time. Yeah. And you know what? I didn't discourage him from it because I knew it was just a phase, a passing phase. And as long as he had something else to think about and it kept him occupied and he wasn't doing drugs and it was being creative, I mean, he wasn't hurting anyone. Yeah. And it just gave him another outlet because he got tired of writing the same old Ramon songs over mm-hmm. and over and over. So when um, he decided he played Baby Doll for Seymour, Seymour loved it, and he gave him he gave him the permission to go and do a rap album. And that's when Johnny wow. told him, he goes, look, he goes, you can't use the name Ramon. We just won't allow it. We can't have that. So he came home and he told me, now what am I going to call myself? So we sat around thinking, and what happened was we came up with BB King, and then it sounded like DD King. All right. <laughs> and then there was DDT. Oh, that's funny. There was DDT, you know. Um, so 
Then we ended up with Didi King because we thought it was a little bit more, you know, commercial yeah. and wasn't like a, a good drug yeah. or anything. Right. And right. That's, oh, cool. that's, that's when he became Didi King. So when I wrote my book, I wanted to kind of separate myself from the rest of all the people that call themselves with their last name Ramon because there's like a million people out there that you call themselves Charlie Ramon. And, oh, yeah, right. And, right. and every other Ramon. So I added the name King because it, it separated me from all the fans. That's right. Yeah. And um, well, me, great that, that's me, how I came up with Vera Ramon King when I wrote right. the book. That's awesome. That's great. That's Let great. me make a really that's quick great. announcement. Um, again, today we have Vera Ramon King and myself and Spencer and Keith, and we're talking about Vera's book, Poison Hearts, I Mary Dee Ramon, The Ramon Years, and other things. We're just talking a lot about a lot of history, and we're waiting for another mystery caller to call in. And Monty, if you're out there, you better call three four seven six seven seven. Monty said he was calling. And the, oh, oh, oh there calling. he is. He heard me. <laughs> He's calling in. Wow. Oh my God, that's unbelievable! So funny. I love and it. And the chat room's open, and I think we're gonna bring Monty on now. And if you missed the show from the beginning and you want to listen to it again, which I highly suggest. Um, listen to it on iTunes under Red Velvet Media under the Indie Cafe with my co-host Spencer Drake. Um, again, let me bring. I'm hoping this is Monty. Monty. Hello, everybody. Hey, Monty. <laughs> hey, Monty. There, Kate, uh, Holly, uh, Spencer, and all everybody. How's everybody? All Everybody's right. Great. Love you, Monty. We're That's how we are. We love you. Good to hear from you. Love you. <laughs> Love everybody. Yeah, it's a love fest. <laughs> everyone, everyone that doesn't know who uh, Monty, Mr. Monty Melnick is, he comes into the room. Monty, introduce yourself. <laughs> well, use my middle initial. Monty, it's Monty A. Melnick now. I'd like to use the middle initial. Oh. Of course, if nobody knows, I was a, the Ramones tour manager for from beginning to end, about 20 years, over 20 years. And you've got a great book out there, Monty, right? Your book. Yes, on the yeah. road with the Ramones. Yeah. Yeah. Great book, I'm Monty. So happy you're Love here. it. Love you, Monty. Too, really. Monty, you you contributed a lot of uh, memorabilia to at the uh, Queens Museum. You know, the Ramones' right. recent, uh, really great stuff. Just amazing. Yeah, that was a great great exhibit. Uh, I saw Vera and I would we, we met there. Uh, we spent a little time there. It was nice. Yeah, there's about yeah, there was about yeah there was yeah you too right right right. Uh, there, yeah, there, there was about 400 items uh, there, about 170 of the, uh, the items there from my collect, uh, collection. Mm-hmm. And Vera, you have some stuff in there too, right? Tell us yes, about your stuff. Of course, stuff. yeah, sure. I think I donated about 30 items to it. I don't know. They were all used for the original exhibit in New York, but I, I think that in L.A. it's going to be different, and the place is smaller, so right. I don't know which items they're using, which ones they're not. You know, yeah, we're back, we're back that, to, that, that opens up on uh, September 16th. I'm going to go out there. There's going to be a special uh, right. opening yeah. on that night. Yeah, it's, it's a smaller place. I'm not sure how much of the stuff they can fit in there, but we'll see. Yeah. They got, uh, they, I was told the other day that they put in the album covers, thank God, so my stuff is in there, so I was really oh, happy good. about that's that. Great. Well, that's yeah. a major part. they got to show all 14 uh, of the uh, studio uh, albums there, you know? Yeah, it's true. No, you're right. You know, I was going to say, Vera, back to, you know, the D.D. King uh, conversation. We took, I took a great portrait of you 
with Dee Dee's original Mercedes Benz medallion, that big giant chain. Oh wow! Oh yes. When we with were the at on? the uh, rock and uh, rock and roll uh, Hall of Fame and Casino in, in the Hollywood, Hard Florida, the Hard Rock Seminole down yeah. in Fort Lauderdale, right? Yes, yes. I was well, we surprised took, you, took you brought some, that out. You took some phenomenal pictures. I I really appreciated that. It was so much fun to do, and um, I love you, Keith. You're a really terrific guy. Oh. Uh, and you, I love your work. Your work, well, is, thank you. his work is phenomenal. I love his work. Too. Thank you yeah, very much. Great stuff, Keith. You took a great I picture of Monty. I had photographing Monty A. Milne as well. <laughs> <laughs> you remember, because Monty, he made me, the first time he said, I said, hey, Monty, how you doing? It's Monty A. Milne. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to, every time I type it, I have to ever remember to do the A. Yeah. But no, A but, in there. We can't forget that. You know, I'd call the Melnicks. Did you know that, Monty? Oh, yeah. I've been in touch with them. They spent a couple of sets already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. You know, Vera, I wanted to ask you, um, when, when Dee Dee was not on tour and um, you, you know, spent time, like, just hanging out and just doing things together, what kind of things did you guys like to do? What was his, what was his passion? Well, it depended. You know what? Um, Uh Our life was a reality show before there were Uh reality shows, okay? Uh Um, (laughs) He would have given Ozzy Osbourne uh, a run for his money. I'll bet. You never know what what the day was going to be like. We'd start off Uh with about uh, three or four huge glasses of iced coffee and probably about three or four joints every morning. And we'd listen uh-huh. to Howard Stern in those days, waking up. Well, uh-huh. and then after that, it it, it we kind of went with the flow. We'd either go out for breakfast, or Dee Dee decided he would want to go buy a watch, and he'd be wearing seven watches in one day. <laughs> oh, you're kidding! Or he was That's an extremist. Funny. Everything he did was to an extreme. Uh-huh. Or he would uh-huh. um, uh, just, or we'd go shopping. Or we'd go to the city quite a bit, and then he also had um, little little. Uh, he had to go to the doctors, of course, and and he had shrink appointments, and he had rehearsals. But you know, he had different things. If he wanted, if he wanted to get up and decide to get uh, ten tattoos, he would. You know, it was just <laughs> never, never one. It would always be like three or four, or he'd be on this kick. And Monty can tell you, he was always, always, always something with Dee Dee. Oh uh, yeah, it's always a dull moment in that house. Oh my goodness, always, always more than more than enough. <laughs> more than enough. Monty lived down the block from us for many years. Yeah, and when, and we, when I first found the apartment, I only knew that Monty oh. lived in Whitestone because at the time we were living at Danny Fields' apartment down on Chambers Street oh, wow. in Broadway. Yeah, we Danny. lived with him. Mm-hmm. Danny allowed us to live with him after the tour, after the Runaways tour, so we could save some money for an apartment. Because we oh. were, we, I mean, he was only making a hundred dollars a week, you know, and we lived on ten days, ten dollars a day, a per diem, which was nothing for two people to live on. Right. So the times were lean, and you know, we saved money, and then we, I, I found this apartment out in Whitestone, and. Uh, he came to see it. Didi came to see it. We loved it. We, you know, we took the apartment, and then we found out Monty lived like a half a block up the road from us. Oh, that's Basically, right. not even right. a right. whole right. block. And it was just like, 
are you kidding? You moved to 157th Street and, you know, Willis Point Boulevard? So Monty was always there, and it was really convenient for him to pick up Dee Dee to go to rehearsals and all that. It was, it was, it worked out fine. I always pick him up first and drop him off last. Yeah, well, because you know what? It was right, it was convenient. Yeah, it was right there. Yeah. It's a nice little basement apartment there, and, uh, you know, I go back there every once in a while, and, and uh, and the woman comes out, and she and people come by there all the time, and you know she's very nice. Uh, you know she knows. Oh that, God! Uh, it was they a woman that owned the building. In the building, beginning, yeah. in the beginning, my landlord didn't know what to make of it. There would be there would be all kinds of people coming around, and then there were girls camping out on the. I was on a corner, and they would be camping out on the grass on, and I would be like, Oh my God, we're gonna get thrown out of here, you know? Wow. But. Oh, yeah, that's so funny. I guess I guess you that was part outside. of the tour, Monty, right? That the exhibit had the museum. What was it part of the tour the for the museum? Um, I no, I don't. I don't think they mentioned that. They just mentioned where he lived in Forest Hills. Okay, but they they wasn't there a tour? Uh, I don't think they went out to. Uh, there was a bus tour, but I don't think they. Uh, we, I was on the bus tour. We didn't go out to the, the house in We didn't go out to Whitestone. Okay. No, we didn't go out to so I know it was on the map. Oh, yeah, it's on the map. Right. Uh, it's John on the map. Holstrom's map. It was yeah. on John the map. Holstrom, yeah. Also where we got married mm-hmm. at the – Monty was at the wedding also at the at the right. Villa Bianca in uh, Flushing on Northern Boulevard. Oh, in yeah. The garden. It was, really, it was really nice. It was a lovely day. We had Danny there, and we had Linda Stein and Seymour and oh. Tommy Ramone, and Joey was there. Monty, of course. Yeah, we we had a really nice time. It was a good, it nice. was a very nice. Yeah. It was really great. Yeah, and it was a beautiful well, day, and we had a white rose voice. It was pretty cool. Wow. Here's a, here's a question, like here's a question, Monty and and Vera. What is what is the deal with these uh, the biopic of the Ramones, like a film? Is it is something ever going to be made, or would you is that something you would want to see, or would you want to be involved with? Or? Hollywood well, film. I mean, the end of the century, which is a documentary. That's a great documentary by uh, Gamalia, and that was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, I've mean, heard documentaries, but I'm talking about a, a, a Hollywood biopic. Well, we're talking about the Martin group. Scorsese biopic, is what you're, well, you're trying to get at, right? Yeah, I mean, is that something that you want to see? I think that that's see? just a rumor. It was planted out into the media. Right. No. Martin Scorsese. Now, here's what happened with yeah, here's what happened with that. Uh, there was a rumor that he was going to do a, a biopic on the Ramones, but actually he's doing vinyl right. for the uh, that series. Now uh, I was over the yes, Scorsese. He was involved okay. with the uh, Jagger and that uh, the HBO vinyl series thing. Right. So uh, there was talk about then then somehow it got uh, that there was going to be a Ramones uh, documentary, and it was really the vinyl thing. The funny thing about it is I was over at the Ramones Museum uh, in the sh- at looking at the show one day, and uh, all of a sudden this guy comes over to me and says, hey, I play Joey Ramone. He was the guy that, it was a brief uh, spot where the, uh, he was playing like Joey Ramone watching a, a group somewhere, you know. And there was, was also uh, a Didi. There was also a Didi and a Johnny yeah. in, in the audience. That. I saw that. Yeah. Yep. Wow. I saw it in the, and I think it was the very last or second to the last of the vinyl series. And that's, that's correct. Bummer. I, you know, I liked vinyl. I'm sorry. I know. You know what? I love that show. That, I loved I really it. And I was vinyl. so looking forward to the second yeah. season and it got canceled. It was going to be concentrating yeah. on the punk, the beginning of punk rock and yeah. the CBGB scene yeah. and the Ramones Mabel, and all that. 
and they canceled he, it. I guess it got yeah. too expensive for them, you know? No, I think, I think the, the logo? Jewish, wait a minute. I, yeah. I have to disagree with, I have to disagree with this because I didn't think the show, uh, there's a lot of musicians that agree with me. I, I don't think the show really told the era. It was more of a hype thing. And even though Jagger was involved with uh, Martin Scorsese, it was just, to me, it was more of a hype thing and uh, like wannabes, like a wannabe show. Like I want to be, you know what I mean. Rather than it, it, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a biog, it wasn't like a documentary. It was like it was a scripted I it was series. more like a story, fiction. It was a Some story. Was fiction, I, I think it was. You know, people so misinterpreted a lot of that, and yeah. they they took it to be. Oh well, that wasn't the way it really was. But it was right. it was a it, scripted. It was a scripted story. Right. Uh, you know. They were just yeah, but I didn't like. I guess I really didn't like the scripted story. You know what I mean? A lot of people. I guess. Really, yeah, a lot of people felt that way. But I. And it was taken. It, it was taken I, off. I was by the fan. way, that it was taken off the year because the viewership dropped dramatically. Seriously. Uh, really? Yeah. Oh Not yeah. Mine. Wow. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's why shows week. are taken off a lot because there's no viewership. I actually never got to see it because I got you know I don't really watch HBO. I got rid of it a long time ago, but I've never really seen it. Yeah. But. Um, you know, it's just funny. A little uh, bit of it. Some of it was very <laughs> over the top. Some of it was very mm. over the top, but they, but some of the stories, and I know Vera probably liked that part. Some of the stories, like the interaction between, um, you know, some of the people. I just, I thought that was interesting. But you know, yes. even if it wasn't fact based, it was still an interesting story that they told. Yeah, and that's, that's, um, that's different. but there's a difference of opinion on this, Holly. I got to tell you, there's a yes. really big difference of opinion. And you, even no, look, I, we all I have different tastes. We all have different tastes. That's all. I mean, I guess the I mean. women liked it more than the men. What can I say? Yeah, yeah the no. women right. Yeah. The women right. That's a good point. Very good point. I like that Maybe. one. You know. Maybe. I think the who people who are who are directly involved in that era. It's much harder for them to watch, you know, for the for, for the yeah, you know, most sure. mainstream viewers and so forth. It's just entertainment, you know. Yes, yeah. it was just mm-hmm. entertainment, and it wasn't supposed to be totally factual. Right, right. Well, exactly. look at they got, they, I'll tell you something. People, they got a series on a, called. They have a series on called The Roadies right now uh, on right, Showtime. Right. Now that to me is so bad. I I can't even tell you how bad that is. <laughs> That's it. You're I absolutely right. Yeah, I watched it a couple of times. What a, ugh. I, you know, I wrote, I said, roadies, great, let's let's look at this, you know. I have right. an idea with roadies. If, right. Forget about you know it. Unbelievable. Is. Forget about it. Yeah, I know, yeah. right. I watched <laughs> it once and I turned it off. Didn't appeal yeah. to me. Yeah. Oh. Well, you know well, what? Well, what, is the, what is the premise of Monty? I really think Vera and yes. Keith and Monty I really, and, and, and Spence, I really think that somebody should do something on the Ramones. And if that happens, I hope that... Uh, there's yeah, really good people idea. involved in that. Yeah. yeah. Because it's a great know, idea, a story that hasn't been told yet. And the thing is, you know, it's radio shows like this and then interviews and amazing photographs and the stories that people tell that have been That's there true. and done that. It's kind of like Very you true. had to be there a moment. Like Monty well, well, had to be there and Keith had to be well, there. And, you know. Uh, that, well, just as long as Don Cusack plays me in the movie. <laughs> you know what? That's a good one. That's a good cast. Yeah. I'll go with that. Yeah, well, I, that oh would be. God. I would be okay with that too. Hey, listen. Okay, I gotta bring um, up. I gotta bring up something on the Ramones. Of course, there's uh, Holly spotted this thing and sent to me, and I had not seen it. But the the 40th anniversary. 
40th anniversary, anniversary. box set. The 40th anniversary <laughs> box set, and then I have an I have a package called Weird Tales of the Ramones, which I thought was an amazing package by Rhino in 2005. What's the difference of those two box sets? Does anybody? Yeah, know? we want to know who did it. Who did it? Who's the Who's the who person? I want to know also. I want to know the difference of the box sets. <laughs> is the Weird Tales of the Ramones, which is a very historic box set done by Rhino Monty? You have that, right? Yeah, I have that. I, I'm not sure. I don't have the new one, so I don't know what's yeah. in the new one, so I can't really right. comment on that. I mean, yeah. the, uh, that, the weird tales is cool because it came with a comic book in it, and it was very nice, you know? Yeah, I love that. I love mm-hmm. that. Uh, this one looks more, more straightforward, but I was just curious if the, what the difference was, you know, because there's so many songs in Weird Tales, and there's going to be obviously a lot of songs in this box. I, I was wondering if there's a real difference or if what that was. Just curious. That's all. That's why I asked. I'm not sure. I think Craig yeah. Leon had something to do with the, the the new one, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we I got it. Yeah, I think he remixed it or re, reproduced. Yeah, he did something re, with he that. He remastered it. Yeah. Remastered, he remastered it, right. Through Craig, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, Vera, you know what we did not do? We did not tell everyone where they can get your wonderful, amazing book, Poison Heart by Mary D.D. Ramon and Ramonios. Well, Let's right now, um, I have an event coming up. Um, it's, the, it's the New York City. It's the 10th Annual New York City Punk Record Fair. Yay. It's going to mm-hmm. be held on at 231 East 14th Street at the Beauty Bar on mm-hmm. Sunday, yeah. September 18th, 11 to 6 p.m. And it's drinks there and DJs, and it's going to be a lot of records and stuff and different vendors. And I'm going to be their special guest there. I'm going to be signing books Yay. of Poison Heart. Excellent. I yeah. have some. I have some T-shirts there and some eight by ten glossy black and whites. And I'm going to be doing a meet and greet, meeting all the fans and people I haven't seen in a long time, taking some selfies with them and and just Me. getting to meet a lot of the great Ramones <laughs> fans that have been so wonderful over the years. And, and this has been a crazy year, guys, for the Ramones. I just I don't think they would even ever believe that this could happen the way it's happened between the murals and the ramps and and just um, you know the, the play museum. in L.A. The play the in L.A. Too. alone is going to be on tour for at That's least good. ten years. You know they yeah, have Yeah, I mean the, the thing that I was talking to Vera about last night we were talking yeah. about was the fact that this show is going to be not only at the uh, Grammy Museum from till August of 17. Then you've got maybe 19 cities. So this show goes... And counting. Uh, and no, 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 it's years, right? February, right February, February. It's going February. to February. Monty, yeah. your phone's cutting yeah. in and out a little tiny bit. That's cool. There we go. How's that? I better? can hear you now. Perfect. So better. the show, yeah. I mean... Uh, to 19 cities, that means it's going to be a very long time. Right, Vera? <laughs> You know what? Oh. I don't think we're going to get our memorabilia back. I hope we're still alive. <laughs> oh wow! It's going to be, anyhow, uh, be on, for, on the tour for about twenty years at this rate. <laughs> wow! So it, it opens up on September sixteenth in uh, in L.A. and there's going to be a special panel that I'm going to be involved in. Me, uh, Linda, uh, Linda Ramon, of course, Seymour uh, Stein, Shepard Fowley. And Billy Idol and myself are going to be doing a little panel uh, that night mm-hmm. at the Grammy nice. Museum. Great. That's Is great. Mickey going to be a part of that? 
He might be. He might be coming. Okay, I was he just should asking. be. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, I mean, really like, he's a good guy. It really should be on film. Mandy Stein Mandy Stein who does a lot of films she did a couple, uh, film about the Too Tough to Die film about the Ramones right, yeah. she, she's going to be right. filming it she, she'll be That's filming great. it Excellent. Yeah. okay cool yeah Mandy, Mandy did a film Monty Mandy did a film at Tribeca I was invited to several years ago on C, I guess it was CBGB's that whole era and it was a really good film Mandy did yeah I think it was called Too Tough to Die but uh, something about yeah. uh, CBGB's yeah, yeah. CBGB's exactly. documentary yeah right yeah it was really good really good well, you know what excellent. I wanted to say what I wanted to say to um, everyone here is um, that you know, each of you had a very intricate part in different um, times of the Ramones. And Monty, you were there pretty much from the beginning, and still it's going on. And Spencer, you were there to help design, and Keith, you were there to take pictures of Vera and Dee Dee. I mean, each of you must like it's like it's like you all have these moments where you were there and you had to share them with everyone, and it's like. Unless you were there and really knew and felt about it, you would never know any of this stuff. And that's what's so great about doing radio shows and and doing and talking to people and you going out and doing these meet and greets with your book, Vera, because people want to hear about it. I mean, it's kind of like an obsession with some people. You know, I know that you know even Ramones young have be, the Ramones yeah. have become not just a band; it's become mm-hmm. like a religion. It, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's like a, it's like unbelievable. I mean, you know, Vera. I mean, I mentioned to you. I think on that conversation was that I, I'm up here in New York. I every once in a while I go down to Strawberry Fields with John Lennon, and I see always right. mobs of people there every day. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's never empty. They are getting to that point. I mean, they are getting. They're already there, oh. probably. Well, I, I have to say, I have to say that I, I said this a million times. This is my my, my line these days. If the Ramones were this big when I was working for them, I would have gotten a big raise. <laughs> you deserved it too, Monty. You would have deserved it. Yeah. I mean, they're so much bigger yeah. now than when I was working with them. It's unbelievable. It's great to that see is, it, but I wish they were around to see it, you know? Yeah, well, certain people were cheap and wouldn't give any extra money out, so not to mention any names. <laughs> no, I, I get it. I get it. Well, you know, the Ramones were just a bit ahead of their time at you know, when at, at that period. Were. Nobody knew what to no one knew knew what to do with them. Yeah. You know, the mainstream exactly. record labels, they didn't know what to do with that. They never saw anything like it. They didn't know what they were listening to, they didn't know how to market it. Exactly. And Warner and the radio was great to play I would, it I would they go get to fired. I would go to the Sire Records office and all I hear about was Warner Brothers can't can't stand the Ramones. Why the hell is Seymour high, uh, signed this group? That's what I would hear. I would hear the remote, Warner Brothers had no idea where they were at. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, Seymour was over the top. You know, he was a visionary, so he didn't he care. Was. You know, he was. And he, that's the way. He, that's why he was such an incredible ear. He's, he was like Chris Blackwell with Island that I work with with you too. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they, both these guys <clears throat> were visionaries, and they didn't care about other. They just wanted to sign acts. They were very close to their acts, too. There was a very close personal relationship. You know that, Vera. So, Seymour I mean, and Seymour Danny and Linda. They had, yeah. Seymour, Danny, and Linda, they had a knack for yeah. picking out the bands that just stood out, okay? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, look at the Talking Heads. They had a completely different sound, and they got huge too. Mm-hmm. Everybody yeah, and even that era, in the beginning, Talking Heads, they threw beer bottles at them in L.A. I remember this. I know, going I know. The Ramones got booed too. I mean, all the right. time. There were ten people in the audience, and they walked out. Yeah, yeah. That's, That's crazy. Well, you know, I want to go back to something you said in the beginning of our um, interview, Vera. Was that when you went to Europe and um, they played there, and um, Bono came, and uh, there were other people they, there, and they, they all toured, said, "We're, yeah. we're going to start a band." Yeah, and we're going to start a band. So. I think that that's like a big statement there that they inspired all these other people to do music and be creative. So I think right there says in itself that the Ramones are just like a staple. You know, they're just like the beginning of everything. You know. Well, you know how hard it was. They started a movement, and that with that movement has become a whole new genre of music. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I look at it. They were kind of like the Johnny Appleseeds of music. They would, when we were touring, we tour all these uh, small cities in uh, Europe and all over the world, and all these kids would come and see the Ramones. They say, "Hey, if they can do it, we can do it." You know, right. they were like the Johnny Appleseed planting apples yes. all over the place. Right. And right. Wow. Groups, exactly. we, were in, we were in Ohio, and Metallica kids would come by. There were kids. They they came by. There were kids. And, and so right. the Ramones. <laughs> and then in the year 1996, when Lollapalooza, and who's headlining the show? Metallica, Soundgarden, Rancid, and the Ramones. The Ramones go on stage, and who's watching the Ramones? Metallica, Soundgarden, Rancid. That's right. <laughs> That's, That's great. That's right. The, the frustrating part about it is, the frustrating part about it is, the Ramones should have been as big as the Metallica, Soundgarden, Rancid. But they, they couldn't get to that state, you know? I know, but now they are. Now they're bigger than all of them. Yeah, right. they're not well, here to enjoy absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's the sad to, part. They're not here to see this, and it, that's what's I, really sad about it. They I came, think, they I left think, their mark, and they're gone. That was it. Yeah, they made, and they, it's a tragedy. That's it's a tragedy. tragedy. I mean, do you know any other band where all, all four members, original members, are gone? That's right. Wow. That's a tribute. You know, they no. came, they, they did what they had to do, and they were out. Yeah. So well, and when I, it comes I, I to their legacy and their music alive, and, and, and you know what? It's all about. Here it sets it sets a precedent that the show is mm-hmm. going to go on for how many years? Just no show ever has gone on till the, the end of time. Going on, right? Well, Think about it. Bigger now, forty years than than ever. Yeah. Forty years later, well, it's just definitely. Well, then now they're bigger than ever. Monty, you're on right? the road. You're on the road, Monty again. You see, you're on I the road again. Yeah, well, I have to say that, I mean, we still have Ramones people out there. There's Richie Ramone has a band playing. That's CJ right. Ramone has a band playing. Marty But they're always playing, and they're doing very well. Everybody wants to see them because they want the Ramones, and they're getting a piece they of the Ramones. They want to be it's connected to right. the Ramones. It's not the same. It's not the same, but it's still out there, and they're still right. spreading the, the, you know, the Ramones feeling out there, which is unbelievable. That's why they're still around and so big. I mean, I went, to, I went to Marky Ramone's book signing in New York, and he had his band, you know. And I got to tell you, man, I, you were there, Monty, and I said, yes, yes. and you said to me, I thought it was the greatest line. I never forgot it. You said, boy, you said to me, boy, this band's really fast. And I'm saying, I'm saying to myself, Monty saw the Ramones, as I did, and he's saying this band is really fast. And that's something to me, right, Monty? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they were they, they did a good job, uh, Marky, and uh, it was like uh, Andrew W.K. was singing lead for him at the time. 
Yeah, yeah. right. Wow, what a band. Marky, Marky's and, a one-man machine. I mean, that he, guy doesn't right. stop. He's is oh, unbelievable. Yeah. I think he's one Great of the drummer. best drummers in the world. He is. He is. He I is. heard all about Monty in, the, in his beginning and his platform boots when he played. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I grew up with Tommy Ramone, and I was in bands with Tommy well before the Ramones, so <laughs> we had a group with, with Jeff Salen from Tough Darts, me, Tommy right. Ramone, myself. We actually played the Mercer Art Center the day before it fell down. Really? Wow. And Johnny really? came and played the show, and he liked me, oh. and they, he didn't like Tommy. Huh. <laughs> That's funny. Go figure, right? Yeah. <laughs> you, you're you playing the bass, that? right, Monty? Yeah, bass guitar, bass guitar. Yeah. I wouldn't well, actually have two, I have two albums out on reprise, uh, 1971-72, uh, 30 Days Out, uh, two albums. That's uh, funny. I'm, I'm going to throw Vera, uh, a left fielder here. What, what kind of music do you listen to? What kind of You know what? I like all kinds of music now. Yeah. I've like I've grown to appreciate all kinds of music. I even like country, some country music. I, I still love my alternative, and I love my punk, but I've I've also embraced other kinds of music. I'm I'm not against it. I just don't. I'm not really into operas and stuff like that, though. Yeah. But um, I like a lot of different a lot of different artists. Music and I like across dance the board. Yeah. Too. It it it, mm-hmm. it depends. Yeah. You know, Vera. Um, I heard. Well, you, it's great to be. Versatile. I heard you. Yeah, I wanted to ask Vera a really important question here because I I heard you trying to say this um, when we were talking about the other bands that are out there, and Monty made a really good point there talking about everybody's carrying on kind of the sound, but um, you made a really good point saying there were four members and they're gone, but we have people carrying on kind of like a little bit of the legacy. But you were saying something about the Ramones and about the different people that. That are carrying on a legacy, and um, have you have you listened to the other music? Do you listen to it? Uh, the other music by who? Richie's music is, Richie's is very good. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, CJ and Mark, and yeah, yeah. of course, amazing. Yes, yeah. you know, yeah. the, you know, they're all they're really they're really keeping the music alive and still playing live everywhere. They're huge in South America. They're like gods. Okay? Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And and in Spain and Italy, I mean, you can go on and on, and it's it's just really wonderful. I mean, Mark just came back from Russia and playing Greece, and and it's just the Ramones fans are all over. And in right. Japan, uh-huh. it's Ramones crazy, crazy. Uh-huh. In Italy, there's a group called the War Dogs. There's a group called the War Dogs that travels with Marky, and they they want, actually want Judith and I to do a punk cover for them. But you know, they're like uh, that's Italy's big too. Italy. Oh, Italy. You know? Italy. Yeah, they're crazy great, but, about yeah. the bones there. Yeah. yeah. Let me tell you this. This yeah, one. You know, there there are two guys who are, had the uh, Italian Ramones fan club. Yeah, yes. each of mm-hmm. each of them sent me a book. You probably know who I'm talking about, Monty. Maurizio, uh, no, Marco no. Paolo, exactly. Right, right. Marino, Mario, and um, uh, Paolo. Yeah, they yeah Mar- he sent Mar- me a Mar- book. Mar- of, it's just nothing but posters of every every poster every made in every country of the Ramones. Really? Touring. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, but the book has sniffing some sniffing posters. Uh, posters. Sniffing posters. That's not by the the fan club people. That's by somebody else. But 
uh, yeah, I was just over a couple of months ago. Uh, there was a big festival in Italy, uh, and right. they were there. With, they had an exhibition there. I, I was uh, talking to the Ramones fan club and the, the German fan club, the guy from German mm-hmm. fan club. Well, there's a Ramones museum in Berlin, right? Oh, so, well, that's a great mm-hmm. place. Yeah. I mean, I've never, mm-hmm. and the, never murals are, the murals are popping up all over, not just in East Side New York, I mean, and, and they're in Queens. They're they're popping up in Italy. They're popping up in London. I mean, in in, in the East End, they're they're just mm. starting to pop up all over. Art, graphic artists that, that do like graffiti and stuff are starting to draw Ramones murals just randomly, which is the craziest thing. Yeah, right. it really is amazing. In Mexico really too, know, South that, America. That is crazy. That's just that's it, just it's, it's unbelievable. That. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, yeah, a lot I, of that is Arturo's legacy as well. Like a in lot Mexico. of that is Arturo's legacy <laughs> too, you know? Yes. Oh. And he's gone he's also, God be with him. Vera, when you were um, traveling with Didi and going on tour, do you have any memories you want to share with any of our listeners about any specific time that you remember that was just like really, really an aha moment for you or Anything like that when you really just like were taken back or something happened that you want to share? We had a lot of aha moments. <laughs> I had a lot of just the thing. We had a lot of aha moments. <laughs> I mean, it depends. Mm-hmm. You know what? Wherever we went, we had a great time. Um, we we met a lot of crazy. We met a lot of famous people. We met. We had a lot of friends everywhere we went, and. Um, you know, there's no other way to, to travel the world than to go with a rock band. Wow, yeah. You get uh-huh. treated like, like, like royalty wherever you go. I mean, people just treat you special. You, 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 you're, you're treated like, like gods, okay? They were treated like gods. Yeah, And well, um, I think that everywhere that we went, it, right, Monty? Yes, it was, yes. It was just it was just special. The the red carpet was rolled out and they were adored wherever they went. Mm. And the following they worked you know, they didn't become famous overnight. They worked their asses off. And they played every dive from Pocatello, Idaho to to mm-hmm. uh, you know, to the Bowery. Two thousand two hundred and sixty three shows, two thousand two hundred and sixty three. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Wow. And they, they worked their butts off, you know, and, and, and did radio stations before they did went to sound check and then they had to go to the hotel and, and in a half hour we had to meet in the lobby to to go to the show and I mean, it it was work. It wasn't like the like you would think that we're traveling in fancy buses and and, and limos and glamorous parties wow. and it it was work first, fun later. Okay. Uh-huh. And if you screwed up, it's kind of taken out of your pay. You got penalized. <laughs> I'll uh-huh. tell you, Monty. Monty, you. Uh, I want to tell you something. Monty had probably one of the roughest jobs that anybody. And I know this about road managers, or tour managers, or whatever. He had to put every day, right, Monty? You had to get everything together every day on that whole and every day, right? You well, you got to realize that I was not just dealing with a crazy band, but a crazy crew that so doubled my fun. Right, right. Well, Joey had OCD, and Monty <laughs> would have to get there like two hours <laughs> early just to get Joey ready. Every, really? At, well, everything. I, I always told him it was an hour ahead of time, so he would, at uh, least, wouldn't have the yeah. right time. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, it, I mean, that was his job was really hard. His job was really difficult, and... 
I don't know how I don't know how he took it all those years. To be quite honest, it was. Oh, hard. I know. I mean, he set a record. It was a, it was it was a, a labor of love. You know, he yeah, loved and, the and band. Yeah, and by the he way, I think he, he set doing. a record. He also Vera, I think he set a record. The most most shows ever, live shows uh, by one person working in that area, is unbelievable in, in the rock business. I never heard of it. I've been through. Monty so was many... reliable. Monty yeah. was disciplined. Monty was uh, uh, honest. He was like the the greatest person that they could have had. He, That's he right. did his job to a T. And yeah. uh, if I would have been in in charge of the money, I would have gave him a raise twice yeah. as much as what he was getting. Thank right. you, dear. You'll get, you'll get my check in the mail later for saying that. My honest statement, Vera kept Petey on the. It was a pleasure to have her on the road because he was a handful without a. Without Vera, having Vera on the road <laughs> helped me a lot. <laughs> wow, cool. Well, That's you know, cool. at one point Johnny didn't want any wives on the road, and that was really weird because I was the only one that was legally married at the time. So that was kind of like no Vera on the road. But then after a tour or so, then he wanted me on the road, and then it was like, please come, please come, because they they didn't want oh, to wow. deal with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't want to deal with him. He was yeah, a yeah, it was nice to have you deal with all that, let me tell you. Wow. Well, you know what? It took a lot of stress off everybody else because I had him on time. I had him straight. Right. That's right. I had him ready. Yeah. And that that was a chore. It was a job in itself. That's so right. Monty had enough to deal with just Joey and, 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 and the and the the promoters and, and getting everybody to the gigs on time and collecting the money and I mean he had his hands full. But well, you know, there's a crazy I, crew too. There's a crazy crew along there too. There's yeah, there's a crazy crew, yeah. Crazy crew, too. yeah. But they're great memories now, you know. Oh, and yeah. Ma- like I said, Monty's on the road again, Vera. Monty is on literally on the road again with the show. Yes, he is. Yes, yeah. he is. So, well, yeah, two places live in the L.A. Yeah. <laughs> Monty, how many languages no, I are? Think- are uh, are uh, on the road in now? How many seven, 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 wow. seven languages. Right. That in itself is amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And for book publishing, that's amazing. It is. Vera, do you plan on touring with your book at all? I did a tour. I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I've started writing a couple new chapters for my book. Okay. And oh. it's been such mm-hmm. an exciting year, and different things that have happened that I'm going to add some new pictures to it. Um, All hopefully right. by some some from Keith as well coming yep. up from the, from the from the event and Yeah. We're going to uh maybe put out something next year. Wow, that's Fantastic. great. Yeah, I wanted to ask you what you were currently working on and um again the Judy Bar. What day is that going to be on? Do you have a that's date for going that? to be on Didi's birthday on September 18th. And it's the tenth annual New York City Punk Record Fair at the Beauty Bar, two thirty one East Fourteenth Street, between eleven and six, and um, it should be it should be a great time. It's going to be a lot of fun. Vera, can they order the book? Can they order the book online? Yes, there are certain yeah, amount. We, there, we did there's that. a couple of hundred mm-hmm. books that are in New York right now. Mm-hmm. And people mm-hmm. have been asking me for a while, where can I get an autographed book? Where can I, you know, I had dropped my publisher a few years ago, so it's a little difficult now. 
but the books are in New York, and I asked them to private message me through Facebook. I will give them the information if they can get um, get their their self address stamped envelope to wow. a certain address that I'll provide them with. Mm-hmm. I will be happy to personalize any books and send That's them out great. to them ASAP. All right. Oh, awesome. So um, yeah. today is a special day for you guys. Um, it for is. You. Why don't we talk about it, that? It is today. Didi, today is Didi and mine anniversary of our wedding hey. date, oh. and we would have been married 38 years today. Wow! Wow! We got married in uh, September 2nd, 1978. It was Labor Day weekend, as it is now, except that today it's a Friday, and last time we got married it was, it was on a Saturday. And the next day they were leaving for Helsinki. Mm-hmm. I took him to I Monty picked him up, took him to the airport, and I remember that Dee Dee took a bunch of quaaludes, and then the flight was delayed, and they had to carry him on the plane, right, Monty? Oh man! <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Oh my God! That's oh how that tour God. started out. Wow! <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. that's funny. Um, Vera, you got, I don't know if you've ever been. Uh, I'm sorry, Holly. Vera, I don't know if you've no, no, ever been to the Dee Dee. Yeah, you know, the beauty bar. That's actually a cool place. Uh, I'm surprised I've never it's still seen there. it. I've, I've ne- I, when they asked me to do it, all I knew was that it was Dee Dee's birthday, and I said right. to myself, you know what? Maybe it's an omen. Maybe I should kind of like do it. It might be fun, and it's a nice time of year to go to New York City. And then somebody turned around and said to me, you know, that's a really pretty place. I know that it's not extremely large. But I, I think that it'll be, you know, they told me it was pretty, and they said they have, he told me I can get a free manicure when I'm there, and they have and they have yeah, they drinks. Have, yeah, they have those hair, you know, those old-style hair dryers from, like, really? the old beauty shop. Oh, oh my you're God. Kidding. Yeah, that's place. Oh, that's great. Well, I'm really going to go up go already. Go I'm not Keith, going up there to get a Keith, manicure. I'm going to get up there and do my job. I'm going to be comfortable, oh, set, and ready. But, uh, you know, it is, it's called the beauty bar, and I guess that's the reason they call it the beauty bar. Yeah, it was a real hot mm-hmm. spot in the nineties. Really, I didn't oh, wow. know that until someone told me that recently. So I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to it. I I think it's going to be great. Oh, you'll you'll and like Spencer it. Oh, it'll be nice, Vera. This. It's going to be nice. Let me tell you, Spencer. Then you asked me to do this show on on September second, and I said, Gosh, you know what? That's my <laughs> anniversary to Dee Dee. I said maybe <laughs> this great. was all meant to be because these dates that were being thrown on me, I, I didn't think of, about going and doing an event or anything like that. Mm. But the dates that were thrown my way meant something to me personally. Oh, that's so, nice. That's nice. We feel really. So I'm happy nice. to do it, and I thank you for inviting me. I, oh, I'm, I'm happy best, to be a you know. part of this show. Thank you, Keith, for calling in, and Monty. You know, it's oh. always a pleasure to talk to you guys. And um, always a pleasure, Vera. You know, always yeah. a pleasure. And I hope to see you, Keith, in New York if you're around, Monty. I know you're going to be in L.A. You got to be in New York. Yeah, I'm going to be in New York. Are you going to be in New York at the event? <clears throat> I'm going to try to go to the L.A. What day? What day is that going to be at? On again? Sixteenth. On the eighteenth, right? Sixteenth. It opens in L.A. Sixteenth. Okay. Cool. All right. Are you going to be back by me. the 18th, Monty? Um, uh, no, I, I think I'm going to stay out there for a couple of days. Okay, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Yeah, Maybe I'll next there, time I'll catch nice. you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay, great. Well, I want to. Did you did you need to go, Vera? 
No, no, I don't need to go. No. Because <laughs> if you have if you have more time, I mean, you know, we have a little more time here. We can we can, I have can plenty carry of time. on. I have nothing. If, I have if nothing everyone, scheduled. If everyone still has time. Keith, you did on time? Yeah, we're good fine. to go. We're all good. We're Monty, all good. We're all good Monty, to go. Monty A. Melnick. Monty no, I don't want to be holding you guys up, you know. Oh. <laughs> no, we were we were living for this. I want to say this is like a, a beautiful, you know, beginning of a weekend. Um, I want to tell everyone, please do not drink and drive, you know, out there and uh, be safe this weekend, too, you know. And uh, here we go into a beautiful uh, weekend where it also has a lot of meaning for you, Vera. You know, that's that's pretty cool. You have well, this day always has a it always has a special meaning for me, even after all these yeah. years, you know. Yeah, yeah. Katie was the love of my life and um I lo- I I adored him. I loved him with all my heart. Mhm. Well, you know, and- you wrote you wrote something about him that really was amazing and you know, um you guys were known both of you were known as the punk rock royal couple. But you also said that Dee Dee had a really generous, loving side to him, and um, that you saw that quite often um, with him, with people on the street, stuff like that. You talked a little you know bit what, about that Eve, in your book. Yes, I did. You know, Dee Dee was, like I said, he never did anything halfway. He was extreme. If he did mm-hmm. something, he did it all the way. He never did it halfway. So, I mean... He was either crazy or he was just the opposite. He could have been very loving, very giving. Um, there was no limits to him um, as far as spending or or giving of his time. And he had a he had a soft spot for people that were less fortunate to him. Mm-hmm. And if he he saw a bum on the Bowery living in a cardboard box. I remember he gave him a hit the black cashmere coat I bought for him in Bloomingdale's, a $1,000 coat. And he came home oh, wow. in, the freezing, in the freezing winter without a coat. And I was like, where's your coat, you know? And he'd say, oh, no. well, I gave it to so-and-so in the street. Oh, wow. He had nothing. He didn't have, he was living in a box. Wow. How can I get mad? How can I get mad at that? Mm-hmm. Another time we were driving down Francis Lewis Boulevard, and there was a guy that looked a lot like Joey, and he had torn jeans and long hair and just standing there. And he kept, you could see he kept tapping from the, from the sidewalk to the, to the street and going back. And he looked, he reminded Dee Dee of Joey. And as we were passing by, he said to me, pull over, pull over. And I pulled over, not knowing what I was pulling over for. And he went back there, and he just handed him, like like forty dollars, whatever he had in his pocket, and he said, "Go buy yourself something to eat. Go get a cup of coffee." And as he was walking away, the guy looked up at him and he said, "What are you crazy, man?" <laughs> you know. <laughs> and that was just, but that was Dee. You know, he he maybe the guy had money. It wasn't even that. He probably just had like some kind of OCD problem. But, you know, mm-hmm. Dee had a soft spot for people, and even to his fans, he wouldn't mind giving them the shirt off his back. Mm-hmm. Or he, had a, he used to yeah. collect a lot of knives, and if somebody said, wow, that's a really cool <laughs> knife, he'd say, you can have it, and he'd give it to people. And I knew that that was like his favorite at that moment, but he mm-hmm. didn't think twice about giving 
somebody something that he really loved if it made them happy. And that's how wow. he was to me, too. You know, he would surprise me with with diamond hearts and, and beautiful rings and uh, just a lot of stuff. I, I wanted to ask you a question, um, Vera, about in the back of the book, this is something really interesting. You have a number of songs with lyrics written out by Dee Dee, it looks like. And I thought that was really interesting. Why did you pick those songs, and what did it mean to you? You know, those must have been special, right? Well, uh, some of those songs have never been recorded. I right. have I have over 20 songs that are demos that have never been heard or recorded. Wow. And I picked mm-hmm. a couple of those, and I put them in there because... I like it, that. I... I love the songs, and I they just didn't fit the criteria of of, of Johnny's idea of what should be on a Ramones album, but mm. they were really beautiful songs. And just for my birthday, Mickey Lee did a video for me of a song that Dee Dee wrote the lyrics to, and then they did the music together called Something, You Gave Me Something for Nothing. Mm. And he, he put this video together, and he gave it to me on my birthday just this past August 20th, and I saw that, and I said, wow, I forgot all about that song. I hadn't heard it in years. Mm. Wow. And mm. it, was, it, was really, it, was, it was just really a nice gift. I, it, it just totally blew me away. Gee, that's a great story. He wrote a lot of that's, great songs with Daniel Ray, too, great. that have never been heard. That's incredible. And, um, that alone is an album. There, there's there's one there. One of the lyrics that's in the back of the book is called yep. um, from a song called "Faithfully Yours," mm-hmm. and it's really, really a great song. He wrote that for yeah. Marianne Faithful at the time. <clears throat> really. And then we never got in touch with her. So he oh. he sang it and he wanted to put it put it out, but we never did. He mm-hmm. never did. Never right. got a chance to. And Daniel well, Ray is a great collaborator, a music collaborator, oh, right. oh, excellent yeah. oh, guitarist. Yeah. I mean, you know, he tours with, um, what's her name? Um, Ronnie Spector. Yeah, Ronnie Spector. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. And I mean, he and CJ uh, get together. They're amazing. Mm-hmm. I saw yeah. them with um, Joan Jett. They, they backed up Joan Jett at one show. But anyway. Oh, did they really? Back in, yeah. Well, you know, a great, a great thing, yeah, a great thing about, you know, you know when Dee Dee was leaving the band, everybody said, oh, the Ramones, forget about it. I, you know, I even thought, well, this could be the end. But so he left, but he actually stayed around uh, and and wrote songs for them afterwards, which is the greatest exactly. thing, you know. So they exactly. had the greatest. Poison Heart had, after that. Yeah, they had a lot of songs he wrote after he left the band. He realized, you know, he still wanted to write for the band, which is great. And they had CJ in there, which was like a young Didi. So that helped the Ramones uh, go Keep for a number of years with a great yeah. songwriter Didi and then uh, and the CJ going, you know, young CJ there. Right. When we broke up, I, you know, I told him, I said, you know, just because we're breaking up, I said, doesn't mean you should be leaving the band. I said, you are Didi Ramone. Right. And he just was at that point in his life where he just wanted it, every everything was too much for him. And he couldn't handle it anymore. And two weeks later, he quit the band. Right. And I was, like, really worried, like, now what is he going to do? Because he used to joke about, you know, I'm going to leave the band and I'm going to become a doorman somewhere on Fifth Avenue 
or I'm going to play in the in Central Park with a monkey on my shoulder, and I'm like, oh, come on, you know. And then he quit the band, and I'm like, oh, my God, maybe he's really going to try this. You know, I don't know. What, I didn't know what to think because with him you could never tell. You know, you would think it was funny, but the, the crazy things that were running through his head, I mean, anything was possible. Right. Anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's great. That's Ori. Wow. So, if you had a word, if you had a word, Vera, to put with Didi, what words would you put with him? Mm-hmm. Uh, what <laughs> word? One word. <laughs> Yeah, can't be one word. There's multiple words for Didi. Didi was multiple personalities. Oh my God! You know, I don't even know that there is one word that could. How about words? Plural. We're amazing, unpredictable, and a god, a rock god. Yeah, yeah. Well, he lived for his music. He lived for his music, his fans. Yeah, and. It came from within. It wasn't. It was. It was just in him. He le- He lived and breathed it. And I that's gotta, real, I, Vera, because I, I could tell you, I sat for hours and just listened to this man pick up a guitar and play yeah. the, the most amazing blues riffs. He never played the same thing over. He, he would. Yeah. Just, it would just come out of his brain. And I, I would. I wish I would have recorded some of it, but I just felt yeah. so fortunate and honored to just be able to witness that. This guy was great. And this is a good And also, Vera, when we were talking last night, you made me think about something. Of all the photographs that I work with, and there were a lot on the Ramones, Dee Dee always had, and you, and you you pointed this up to me actually last night, I didn't really think about it until I'm, I'm talking to you right now actually, is that he was really a person that, pho- photographically, of all the oh. members of the group, he was the guy uh, like that incredible shot we were talking about, the jump shot that that yeah. is, that's um, right. It's a knockout, and you're right. He and I picked the photograph uh, on "It's Alive" front cover done by Danny Fields, uh, only because Dee Dee is looking like he's rocked back with a guitar on the stage in the, in the front of the photograph, and he's the he's the he's the guy you look at in that photograph, really, with Joey in front with the microphone. But you really look at Dee Dee because his pose is unreal. So he had this thing photographically that was unreal uh, in the group, you know, and you brought that out to me when we were talking last night, but I didn't really think about it until, uh, you know, I'm talking to you now. Sure. He was, you know, he was really photogenic. He was, he was really, really cute when he was younger. He was very handsome, and the girls just loved him. Yeah. Um, but he, he, di- he did, when he, when he was out on stage... I mean his moves and his guitar, you know, just like Johnny at the other on the other side. Johnny was great mm-hmm. at his stance and his playing and his pose. Each and every one of them, they had their own style, and together right. they they were just so unique that it'll never happen again. It's you like know what Beatles. I'm looking at? I'm looking at the front again. cover of End of the Century, which I designed with Mick Rock. That great photograph. When you look at this photograph. Yeah. If you look at Dee Dee, he's the guy in the picture who has the most unbelievable look and the way he's posed <laughs> of all the members. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when you look at his photograph, he's Are the one. Are you talking about out. the one with the four with the four feet off the air and his hair is all sticking up and he's no, playing? The oh, well, that's a great thing. To, I'm talking about the end of the century album cover. Uh, oh, you know, oh, the oh, rock okay. Cover. But Dee Dee, the one without the leather jacket. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I and, know. You know, yeah. you know, I saw that shoot, Monty, and I saw him with the leather jackets, and th- th- nothing comes off. But when you look at the shot with the T-shirt, all of a sudden it's like a knockout. It's a knockout picture. And Dee Dee in it on the left side, when you look at him at the photograph, he's the guy you look at for some reason because the others kind of look like they're looking at the camera. There's nothing going on. But Dee Dee has a look that's a knockout, I'm telling you, in this photograph. The funny thing uh, about yeah, that is that uh, Dee Dee and Johnny didn't like that cover. They wanted they wanted leather jacket. They hated that cover. I know. There was a vote. Marky <laughs> Ramon told me on Sirius when I was interviewed on the show. Yeah. He said there was a vote going on, and they wanted. You know what they wanted, Monty? They told Marky told me they wanted the inner sleeve. What I did with the posterization photograph on the inner sleeve, and that ended up to be forty five sleeves overseas. But they had a vote. It was a close vote, but that eventually became the cover. Yeah, so I heard that story. It was amazing. Well, they did, he did, Mick did another shot with them with the with the leather jackets. But they, they you know, they they wanted to use the one without, you know, but, but Johnny yeah. and Dee didn't like that, but they got overruled somehow with uh, Joey and uh, and uh, the management and all that. They wanted, to, so they used that picture without the leather jackets. Which the is, only picture which that is so unusual. It's the only it's the only album cover where they look really different, right? I mean, it's, yeah, it's well, no leather, no leather. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No leather, right? No leather. Yeah, great photograph. I remember they they created their own fashion style. I mean, a lot of people now are just like there's a whole style. Everybody's everybody's wearing ripped jeans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the whole that, 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 that was because they 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 wore their pants out. They didn't, you know. Now that people rip their jeans, they hundred dollars for a pair of ripped jeans. Yeah, now you're paying dollars for a pair of ripped jeans. That's crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. It's and the black and white, it's like, the black and they white have, like, converse, and well, they the leather jackets. I mean, you see Kim and Kanye wearing Shucks. the leather jackets now with Ramon shirts. I mean, are you uh, yeah. kidding me? And, and now I think, got, wait a minute, then you got the jeans with the hole at the knee that's stylized, yeah. literally, yeah. right? I, I just saw on uh, the internet that John Varvatos is a $95 T-shirt, Ramon's T-shirt, $95, Ramon's T-shirt. You know, people, people pay $200 wow. for those ripped jeans T-shirt. as well. Unbelievable. That's crazy. I was at the mall the other day, and I saw Ramon's T-shirts in, in a store, and they were bootleg, definitely bootleg. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then you see the little, you know, the little, the babies with the, with the onesies, with the yeah, the baby t-shirts. Little, and then you see like Rompers. sixty, sixty-year-olds wearing them. It, it's just, it's mind-boggling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, people ask me all the time, does it bother you to see people that wearing Ramones t-shirts that know nothing about the Ramones? They say, no, not really, because that gets the name out there. Maybe somebody will see the name and say, hey, maybe I'll listen to the music. That's true. Even though you're right. well, it doesn't well, bother me. Now it's cool to be wearing a Ramon shirt. I used to dust the furniture with them. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. I have to be honest. I did. That's funny. That's funny. I didn't wear Ramon oh, shirts in those early funny. days, and we had so many of them, so sometimes I used them to dust with. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I have a whole um, closet full of them that I'm putting up for auction. Uh, oh, my coming God. Up. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wow, that is so wow. funny. <laughs> I bet 
<laughs> we're dusting the house with the Ramones T-shirts, and Dee was like, I, "Okay, yeah, you know what? One, honey, oh, not to mention, what about promo pins, Monty and Vera? Yeah. Promo pins. Oh. I, used to, I have a collection of those Ramones. Oh, I have when a the collection album came of those. Out, they would send you. I have a collection of The album came out, they send you the promo pin. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm talking about wow. the little buttons. Yeah, the buttons. The pro. Yeah. For the, the jackets, promo. I have I have a whole collection of Didi's uh, little buttons from his leather jacket still. Wow. Original. Wasn't that something? You know, there was a yeah, we had a too. flea market over at the Queens Museum uh, back in the summertime, and I had a little table. I, I I just put all my buttons out, and the people just bought them right up. You know. Oh yeah. Really? Oh, no, no kidding. Yeah. I mean, it's you got wow. original stuff, Monty. Those are the original buttons. Those are not cops. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah these yeah. are original buttons, right? Original buttons. Hmm. Well, I'm having wow. an auction coming up. Another auction coming up in November of a lot of my stuff, my posters and stuff coming Good. up on all auctions. So you'll be on Where Facebook, right? That? Let's announce on Facebook, Monty. You keep us yeah, posted. Yeah, yeah, Facebook. Follow me, Monty A. Melnick on Facebook. I'll put up uh, when the RR auction site's coming up. This is the third one I'm, I'm having. I had two other ones coming up already. It was very nice. Just remember, okay, cool. like Vera right. said, you, you have any, even any pieces stuff back left. in ten years. <laughs> I know. I had a room full of stuff, you know. You know, I mean, I didn't. They didn't give me a pension or a gold watch when I left. You're but I have to take a lot of stuff in my closet there, so that helps buttons, me. Monty. Yeah, good, good, you good, good. Lots good, of good. buttons. <laughs> so Monty A. Monty A. Melnick is on Facebook, um, and right. uh, Spencer Drake's on Facebook, and Vera, we know you're on Facebook. And what about you, Keith? Are you on Facebook too? Yeah, I'm on Facebook. Yeah. I went kicking okay. and screaming, but I'm here now. Oh, no. We, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha you there. Well, you know, what I wanted to say to everyone today on the air is um, thank you so much for listening to all of us because this has been like, I'm sure it's been really good for you today, Vera, being that today is your anniversary date, a special day for you, and um, got to talk about Dee Dee and got to, you know, Go down memory lane with to, a lot of people. Thank you for having me, and um, I really had fun today. Thank you, Keith, for for calling in, and Monty, and and Holly, and Spencer. I really enjoyed doing this show. It was a blast. Yeah. Thank oh, you. So much fun. I want to tell yeah. everyone to come down to the beauty bar. Okay. Definitely. Yeah, We're coming no. down to the beauty Thursday. bar, Vera. Let's, let's Love you, Vera. Love you. Okay. So Vera Ramon King, Poison Heart, I Mary Dee Dee Ramon and Ramon Years, and you can get the book online, and you can also um, look for her on Facebook if you want to get it personalized. And if you want, to, if you missed the beginning of the show, the show will be available, um, and I highly suggest you listen to it. It's really informative and really great information, great energy on iTunes afterwards, on Red Velvet Media, Blog Talk Radio, under the Indie Cafe with myself and Spencer Drake. And today we've had... Um, quite a great conversation about everything here. This has been really fun. Um, I had a great time. Thank you. Yeah, we're going to end with a song you chose called Chinese Rock. Um, Let's talk about that song. It was written with the legendary Johnny Thunders. Dee Dee wrote that, and um, it's it's a great song. Okay. Well, we're going to go ahead and we're going to close with that today. And I want to thank everyone for listening again today. And uh, thanks for having me, Holly. Yeah. Oh, Keith, thank you. And thank you so much, uh, Monty, for calling in. We know 
Monty A. Melnick. Yes, thank you. Girl. Thank you. It's been You're, fun. It's been have fun. fun at the, have fun at the show, on. Monty, in L.A. And, Keith, I'll see you in a couple of weeks, okay? And spend two years with you. No, thank you. We'll see you one day, Holly. You have a good trip. Yeah, Keith, I'll I love see you, you, right? I'll see you, Keith. Okay. And I want to thank, thank my co-host, Spencer Great, too, Please. for being here and for putting this thank together you, today with myself. And um, this is been really fun and we're going to end it with Chinese Rocks and for everyone going into the weekend please have a safe weekend and uh, just you know hold it in your heart whatever you want to do this weekend and do it and go after it and listen to some Ramones and here you go this is to kick it off. Bye bye everyone. See ya. Rock and roll.